to uh, Samoa, and it's just going you know, to be in service from island to island. Somebody say, thanks be to God. Praise God. Well, would you turn this morning to uh, John, the 14th chapter? John chapter 14. I've got kin folks here this morning. Uh, would y'all stand, Arvis and Patsy? I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but uh, some of my kin folks from Mississippi, and so glad y'all are here. <laughs> and uh, you may have heard me a time or two talk about uh, Ann Odessa. Well, that's uh, Arvis's mom, and fiery Pentecostal preacher, and influence on all our lives. And and uh, he's a fine musician, and they're here doing some playing in town. And we're, we're so appreciate y'all being here. Uh, John 14. We'll begin with verse one. If You've been with us on previous Sundays, then uh, we've been talking about seeing Jesus. Seeing Jesus. Are you interested in that subject at all? In uh, John 14, and the first verse, the Master's talking, Jesus is speaking. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. How many believe it just like that? How many believe He's real, He's alive, He's raised from the dead? And for those that believe in Him and trust in Him for their salvation, that He has gone and is right now preparing a place for us. How many believe, just like He said, He is coming back again? He's coming back again. How many believe it with all your heart? He's coming back again, and He's going to receive us. And where He is, that's where we're going to be. That's exciting. Brother Jesse Duplantis was here, you know, uh, what was this, a couple of years or so ago now, sharing about his uh, heaven experience that he had. And uh, one thing that I was reminded of this morning about that, reading this verse, he said uh, he saw the throne. He didn't see the Father. He saw his form, the bottom of the throne, but he saw Jesus. And he said there were mi- just millions and millions of people around the throne. He said, huge Huge place, just hard to imagine how big it is and how many people are there. And he said they were everywhere around this throne and said Jesus came out from the midst of the Father and said he preached. He said, now, he'd always thought of Jesus maybe teaching. He said, but he preached. (laughs) And he said that place just exploded. In pray. And he said, this is what Jesus was saying. He said, Jesus came out and said, in just a little while, I'm about to go get your sons and your daughters. I'm about to go get your grandsons and your granddaughters. I'm about to go get your sisters and your brothers. I'm going to get them and I'm going to bring them back. He said, that place exploded. He said, they were shouting and hollering and carrying on. They're excited about that up there. How many think we ought to be excited about it down here? Because it's upon us. We're there in just a few more breaths. We'll be there. Mm-mm. How many like a front row where you could hear Jesus preach? Eh? Huh. I volunteer. <laughs> How many think you could be a good amener? You could be, oh yeah. <laughs> He said, I'm going to come back. I'm going to take you, receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may be also. Verse 4, and where I go, you know, and the way you know. He said, where I'm going, you know where I'm going, and you know the way to get to where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And so how could we know the way? Jesus said to him, 
I am the way. How, how many understand He is the way you get there? How, how do you get there? He's the way to get there. The truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. If you had known me, you should have known my Father also. And from henceforth, you know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and it sufficeth us. Now, think about this. Uh, he said, you have seen him. And they didn't get that. And Philip said, well, we want to see him. Show us. Show us. Jesus said, have I been so long time with you, and yet have you not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. And how sayest thou then, show us the Father? Now, we've been talking about seeing Jesus. Were they seeing Jesus? They'd been with him for these years. They're with him night and day. And he keeps talking about the Father, the Father, and until they, they're saying, well, Lord, we want to see what you're talking about. He said, let me paraphrase a little bit, you've been seeing, right? Did they know they had been seeing? Did they perceive what they were seeing? Did they realize what they were hearing? No. And so in talking about seeing him, we're aware that there are spectacular experiences. People have visions. They, they have spectacular experiences. But that's not all the time, and that's not with everybody. You could go your whole life and not see Jesus in a vision and not hear an audible voice, and it wouldn't mean you weren't spiritual. It wouldn't mean anything's wrong with you. These things don't happen all the time. But this kind of seeing is going on all the time if one can perceive. Now keep on reading, skip down to the uh, 15th verse. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments, and I'll pray the Father, and he'll give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive. Why can't it receive him? Because it sees him not, neither knows him, but you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more, but you see me. Can you see, he keeps talking about this, doesn't he? Some people can see him, and some people can't. Right? Why can't the world receive the Holy Spirit? They can't see Him. Is it because He's not available? No, He's here. He came on the day of Pentecost, and He hasn't left. Right? But many don't see Him. I will not leave you comfortless. Yet a little while, and the world sees me no more. But you see me, because I live, you shall live also. At that day you'll know that I'm in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. He that has my commandments and keeps them, he it is that loves me, and he that loves me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Now this is the phrase we've been shouting about for weeks. At least I was. Huh? And excited about it? Put it up on the Amplified again there, please. What did Jesus say? I will show, I will reveal and manifest myself to him. I will let myself be clearly seen by him and make myself real to him. Now, is there much in life more important than this, than Jesus being real to you? than him letting, your, letting himself be clearly seen by us. And he said, if you love me and you keep my words, then I'm going to show myself to you. Now keep reading. Judas said to him, not, not Iscariot, a different Judas, he said, Lord, how is it that you're going to manifest yourself to us and not to the world? How are you going to show yourself to us without showing yourself to them? Jesus said, if a man love me, 
He'll keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we'll come to him and make our abode with him. So apparently some can see him, and some cannot. And it depends on what we do. Can we do something that will immediately allow him to begin to show himself to us more? We can love him, and we can do what he says. We can reverence his words, receive his words, remember and keep his words, and do his words. And he said, when you do that, I'm going to reveal myself to you. There are many people on the planet, as far as their experience goes, it's like there is no God. And there's a lot of people who don't even believe in God. And they think their experience verifies what they believe, not realizing their lack of faith is keeping God from being real to them. There are many that say, well, prove it to me. Prove to me that God is real. Prove to me that healing is real. Prove to me the Holy Spirit is real. Prove to me that this, and I'll believe it. Well, sorry, it doesn't work that way. It's not see, and then you're going to believe. It's believe, and then you'll see. Well, I'm not going, I'm not going to believe till I see. Well, then you're not going to see. You're in trouble. And you can't tell the Creator how to do it. No, I want Him to do it my way. Well, you can want a lot of stuff. <laughs> you can rant and rave and holler, and God cannot be real to you your whole life. And it'll be your own fault. Oh, but for those who have not seen and yet believe. To those who haven't understood it all, and yet they will obey without the full picture They'll do what he said, not understanding why, what he said he would do. He said, I will reveal myself. I'll make myself real to you. How many are going to take Jesus at his word? You're going to lay hold of this and say, Lord, you said if I do this, you would manifest. You'd show yourself to me. You'd make yourself real to me. So I'm going to do it. And I'm counting on you to do it. Now go to Matthew 13, please. Matthew 13. There is a phrase in the Scriptures that uh, appears over and over again. And it's right here in Matthew 13 and verse 9. Matthew 13 and 9 says, who has ears to hear, let him hear. Have you noticed how many times this is in the, in the Scriptures? Let me read to you a few times. You got time? Matthew eleven fifteen. Don't turn there, just listen. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew 13, 43. Who has ears to hear, let him hear. Mark 4, 9. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Mark 4.24, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Mark 7.16, if any man have ears to hear, let him hear. Luke 8.8, 8, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Luke 14.35, he that has ears to hear, let him hear. Revelation 13.9, if any man have an ear, let him hear. And then seven more times in the book of Revelation. If you have an ear to hear, let him hear. If you have an ear to hear, let him hear. If you have ears to hear, let him hear. And there's four more times just in Revelation. Is this important? What is, he, what is he talking about? You do understand, most everybody he was talking to had these things on the side of their head. <laughs> and the sound waves were bouncing off their eardrums. They were hearing but keep reading in Matthew 13. Matthew 13, that was verse 9. He that has ears to hear, let him hear. And the disciples uh, came and they said, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered and said, Because it is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. 
For whosoever has, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. And whosoever has not, from him shall be taken away, even that he has. Now, is this talking about hearing? He, he, he that has what? To him shall more be given. If you read Luke's account and Mark's account, one says, Take heed what you hear, for with the measure you meet with all, it'll be measured to you again. Take heed how you hear. What measure? The measure of reverence and respect and faith and value you put on what you hear determines the measure of revelation you get out of it. What you actually hear and what it does for you. I said what it does for you. 1 Thessalonians 2.13, Paul said to them, he said, when I came to you, when I spoke the word to you, he said, you, di you didn't receive it as the words of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which also works effectually in you that believe. Did how they hear affect what was happening from the word in their lives? When they heard it, they didn't hear it just as Paul talking. They said, this is the Word of God. And they received it with great respect. And the Bible said it was working effectively. That word means powerfully in them. Now keep reading here. Therefore, verse 13, Speak I to them in parables, because they seeing see not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which said, By hearing you shall hear and shall not understand, seeing you shall see and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, thick and unfeeling, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their heart and should be converted, and I should heal them. Does it make any difference how you hear as to whether you get healing out of the Word or any other thing out of the Word? You know, this is the thing. It's entire. I shouldn't say possible. It happens all the time. That two people sit in the same service, hear the same message, one person leave their life changed forever, become a better person, a different person, have a better life, a different life. The other person leaves bored. They heard the same thing, and yet they didn't hear the same thing, did they? They heard, but they didn't hear. Now, I want us to talk about this this morning. You got time for this? Yes. And to find out why some hear and don't hear. And what can we do to hear and perceive and receive? We're wanting to hear Jesus. Yes. We're wanting to see Him. Yes. We don't want to see and not see. Remember what Philip was saying, Lord, show us. And there's so many people doing the same thing today. Well, Lord, show us. He said, show you. You've been all this time with me and you're seeing me. You have seen the Father. He didn't know what he was seeing, did he? He was seeing, but he wasn't seeing. He was hearing, but he wasn't hearing. It's happening far too much. Verse 16, I like this verse. Verse 16, are you there? But... Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Would you receive that for yourself? Yes. Everybody said out loud, my eyes, my eyes. are blessed. blessed. They, see. they see. My ears, my ears. are blessed. blessed. They, hear. they hear. Glory to God. Glory to God. You hear things others don't hear. You see things others don't see. I don't want to be dull. Do you? I don't want to have the answer right in front of my nose and I don't even see it. You ever had that happen to you before? If you've come very far, you probably have. There have been times in my life, bless my heart. <laughs> I begged the Lord, begged the Lord, begged the Lord. I mean, some things went on a long time. And I'm saying, oh, Lord, if you'd just show me. Oh, Lord, if you could just help me to see. Oh, Lord, I, 
I want to see. Lord, show me what that is. Show me what to do. Do you know you can live like this for 20 years? Oh, if you just and finally you go this. Well, this has been here for ten years, exactly. <laughs> seeing, but not seeing, was Jesus right in front of them, and were they not seeing the Father talking through Him and manifesting through Him? Now, go with me, please, to John the eighth chapter. John chapter 8. Why is it that some cannot hear? What's going on? John 8 and 25. So you notice we're in John now, don't you? So we're making more progress than what you might think. In the book of John. John 8 and uh, 25. Then said they to him, Who are you? These were the religious leaders talking to Jesus. Who are you? And Jesus said to them, Even the same that I said to you from the beginning. I told you. Now, uh, Skip on over to the 10th chapter. Just hold your place in chapter 8 because we're coming right back there. And look at 10 and 24. 10, 24. Then came the Jews round about him and they said to him. Now this, this is some of the same leaders. And this is after chapter 8. Chronologically it's later. And they said, how long do you make us to doubt? If you be the Christ, tell us plainly. And verse 25, Jesus said, what did he tell them? <laughs> I told you. And you believe not. I told you. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not because you're not of my sheep. As I said to you, my sheep hear my voice. And I know them. And they follow me. Hmm. Now go back to the 8th chapter. Had he already told them? Did they hear it? Why do they keep asking the same question? Who are you? He told them. He's told them again and again. And, and not just told them, but the signs and wonders, the miracles are talking loud for anybody that can hear. And see, you know, Nicodemus said that. He came to him. He said, nobody can do the miracles that you do except God be with him. How, how can these things be? And some of the people were saying, well, when Christ comes, is he going to do more works than these? It's all talking. But masses of the people and most all the leadership don't see it, don't hear it. And they keep asking the same questions. Well, why don't you just tell us? Are you the Christ? What did he say? He said, I told you. I already told you. Now back to John 8. Are you there? John 8. Verse 43. Jesus said to them, Why do you not understand my speech? <laughs> and what else? Even because you what? You cannot hear my word. You can't hear what I'm telling you. Verse 45, because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Which of you convinces me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God hears God's words. You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. They're not hearing Him. 
And he's saying, why don't you understand what I'm telling you, he said. How many believe? Well, let's back it up and say it another way. Are, are these people getting what he's saying? No. Is it because Jesus is not a good enough speaker? No. He's not articulating well enough. No. Huh? It, maybe the anointing's not strong enough. <laughs> I don't think that's the problem. Do you? Well, then why aren't they getting it? See, some people have the idea, well, if you hear it enough, you'll get it. Or maybe if you were just in a, a, a better church or you had a better preacher or, or, or this or that. Listen, honey, you can have Jesus himself preaching right over you and not get a thing. Right? He said, why don't you understand what I'm saying to you? And then he said, it's because you can't hear me. Look in 1 John. Well, you don't have to turn there, but just put it up on the screen. 1 John and the fourth chapter. 1 John 4. Well, excuse me, I'm getting ahead of myself. You're there in John. Just flip over to John 18. Then we'll do the other one. John 18. Jesus is standing before Pilate. And in verse 37, John 18, 37, Pilate said to him, Are you a king then? Jesus answered and said, You say I'm a king. To this end I was born. And for this cause came I into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. Pilate said, what is truth? So let's just stop right here. Can he hear what Jesus is saying? No. no. Does he know who he's talking to? No. Can he see the Father in front of him? No. no. Can he hear what's being said to him? No. No. He doesn't have ears to hear. He can't hear it. He can't see it. You know, understanding this explains a lot of things for us, doesn't it? How many people have heard so many things and yet it hasn't changed their life? A lot of you have wrestled with your kinfolks. <laughs> you tried to open up their head and stick it down in them if you could. Think, Because ah. <laughs> you love them and you know this is straightening them out. You know they don't have to live like this. They could be free. A lot of them heard the same thing you heard, same time you heard it. They're not in church. They're not living for the Lord. Why didn't they respond to it the way you did? And a lot of the things that you've heard, they heard it too, and yet you know they didn't hear it. You can tell by the way they talk, by the way they see things, by the way they live. They haven't seen it. They haven't heard it. Not like that. Why? First John, you don't have to turn there, but First John 4, verse 4. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Verse 5, they are of the world, therefore speak they of the world, and the world hears them. We are of God, verse 6, he that knows God hears us, he that is not of God hears not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. How can you tell people that are right? They want to hear the word. They, they love it. They want more. People that have tasted and seen that the Lord is good always want more. Right? They want to see more. They want to hear more. They want to receive more. You could call us that, the church for more. Right? We want more. More, more. Yes. Somebody said, y'all are a greedy bunch then. <laughs> for God, yeah. We make no apologies. The Bible said, covet earnestly. 
the best gifts of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with wanting more of God. That's good. That's good. But what determines what a person can hear and see? Here's the bottom line on this. Your heart determines your ability to hear. The condition of your heart determines what you can see and what you can't see. What you can hear and what you can't hear. We read in in Matthew 13, their eyes, they have closed. Who closed their eyes? They did. So why can't they see? They closed their eyes. Their ears are dull of hearing. Well, who did that? They did. Now, let me give you, by the word, two important things. What happens to people, their condition of heart, why they can't see, why they can't hear. And, of course, by the reverse, we know if we will not do that, we'll do the opposite, we'll be able to see better and hear better. Go to Luke 8, please. Luke 8, and then we'll be going to John 7, I think. Luke 8 and John 7. Did you know that uh, Jesus, Peter, Paul, it'll be the same with us, some people loved them for telling them the truth. Others hated them for telling them the same truth. Is it true? Some people will love you for telling them the truth. Others will hate you for telling them the truth. Same truth. Why? Well, it depends on whether you love the truth or not. If you just love what you want to do, see, a lot of people don't care if it's right or wrong. They just want what they want. (laughs) They don't care if it's wrong. They just want what they want. And they don't care if they should change or not. They don't want to know the truth. They just want what they want. But a person that loves the truth is willing to change. Right? A person that loves the truth will say, Lord, if it makes me look bad, so be it. If it shows up problems in my life, let her shine. I want to see. Because I love the truth more than I love what I want. Let me know the truth. How many know the truth will make you free? Lies will blind you and lies will bind you. But the truth will make you see and the truth will make you free. What do you want to do? I want to see and I want to be free. Well, then you've got to love the truth because how many have already found out the truth is going to show up some stuff in your life? It's not going to all be good. Because you have not arrived at total Christ-like perfection. Some folk didn't know that. Let me say that again. (laughs) Where you sit right now, you have not arrived at total Christ-like perfection. You know just in part. That means there's parts you don't know. And that's where the problem comes in. It's the parts you don't know. It's entirely possible you could be wrong about some stuff right now. (laughs) even some stuff you've been so adamant about and some ways you've lived and some things you've done. How many of it's entirely possible you could be wrong? Well, do you want to hold on to what you've had and what you're doing or do you want to know what's right? Do you want to know the truth? Would you say, Lord, let me have the truth. Let me have the truth. If it makes me look bad, if it shows me up that i got to change, so be it. I already know i got to change. Right? It's not going to be a shock. It's amazing how prideful people are. You know, I've had people look at me before and say, are you telling me I need to change? (laughs) And you're thinking, did you think you didn't? (laughs) Everybody needs to be corrected. Everybody needs to change, make adjustments, grow up, right? Everybody. (laughs) 
Look at your neighbor. Tell him, say, you need to change. <laughs> How did they receive it? <laughs> Luke 8. That went over big, didn't it? Luke 8. <laughs> Luke 8. What determines whether you can hear or not, see or not? The condition of your heart. Luke 8 reveals this. Let me read the first part of this, too. It all goes together. Um, Jesus had said in John when he was talking to them, John, we didn't read this, but 837, he said, my word has no place in you. And then that's when he said later, uh, why don't you understand my speech? It's because you can't hear my word. He said, my word has no place. You don't have any room in you for my word. This reminds us of this parable in Luke 8. We call it the parable of the seed or the sower. And I remember there was the sower sowed the, the seed and there were four different types of ground. You remember that? Wayside ground, stony ground, thorny ground, and good ground. And how many know that on these three grounds that didn't produce any fruit... There was no room in that ground for the good seed. The wayside ground, the seed couldn't even get in. There was no place given. There was no opening for it to get in. It was so hard, the seed just bounced off of it. The uh, uh, stony ground, no deepness of earth. And so the, it was full of rocks and full of other stuff. The thorny ground, how many of the Bible said... Uh, lusts of other things and cares of this life grew up and choked out the Word. No room for the Word. No room for the Word. How many folks in the world is that way? they got no room for God in their life. Got no room for the Word. So they can't hear. Oh, but there was one kind of ground. Good ground. Huh? You want to read about that? Good ground. Verse 15. But that on the good ground are they which in an honest... Are you reading with me? 8.15... An honest and good heart have heard the word, keep it, and bring forth fruit with patience. Obviously, this is a kind of man or woman that can hear and can see and can receive. And the word has results in their life and brings forth fruit some 30, some 60, some 100 fold. What kind of ground is good ground? What kind of heart is a good heart? Honest, in an honest and good heart. This is one of the big factors that determines whether you have a heart that can hear or not. Somebody say again, honest. 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 Love of the truth we've already talked about. See, if you don't want to hear something, you're not willing to change, you're a, you, you, you don't want it to be God, you don't want it to be the truth, because if you admit that it's God, what is there left to do? If you say, this is God and He told me to do this. You either say, I ain't going to do it. <laughs> people don't like to say that. Especially church going people. They don't like to say, God told me to do this, but I decided I'm not going to do it. <laughs> now this is the reality of many, many cases. But nobody wants to say that. So there's something else you can do. You can pretend it's not Him. Hmm? He deals with you. You see something, but you can go. <laughs> now, if you admit it's Him, what is there left to do? Nothing but do it. And if you don't want to do it, you can go. We don't really know what that is. And man, the moment you do, that's dishonesty because you do know. 
That's dishonesty. And the moment you do, the enemy's going to jump on your shoulder and go, right, we don't know what that is. Man, you ate too much pizza last night or something. We don't, we don't know where that came from. <laughs> now you're in trouble. Why? Now you can't hear. You were seeing something and you didn't want to see it, so what'd you do? I can't see that. Why don't you open your eyes? Oh, no, I can't see it. <laughs> so many folks, uh, they don't want to see because they don't want to change. So many people don't want to get close to God because they're, they're afraid He might tell them something. He might tell them they're called to the ministry. Oh, no, no, I don't want to see. I don't want to even check. Because He might tell me to do this. Or, well, if He did, it'd be the best thing that ever happened to you. I know uh, I had a couple in healing school some years ago. And he was a dear man. And he and his wife both were sick, sick. I mean, terminally ill. And he, they were there for a few weeks, and I got to know him a little bit. And he was such a tender-hearted guy. And I got to teaching on some of these things, and he came to me one, one day after service crying. He said, Brother Keith, can I talk to you? I said, yeah, we'd been talking about if you want God's highest and best, His perfect will, you have to do His highest and best. You have to do His perfect will. If you refuse to do His will, you're going to forfeit His will in blessings. I understand, if you don't give your life completely to God, He doesn't have a right to keep you completely. You, you've shut him out a part of your life, so you've shut out part of his blessing. This is part of the problems we've been having in our country in recent years, is people don't want God, but they want his protection. Doesn't work. If you're not going to let him in, you're not going to let in all his blessings and protection either. So, he can't, he's crying. He said, Brother Keith, what you were talking about, that's me. That's us. He said, uh, when I was just a teenager, God called me to the ministry. I know he did. And he, I knew I had a call on my life to go to China. And, and he said, I've never done it. I've never been. And he said, uh, my wife said, well, I'm not going. He said, if you're going, you're going without me. I'm not going to live like that. Because especially, this was some years ago too, especially, and it would have been possibly rough lifestyle. And, and uh, now when I say possibly, people settle for that. God can prosper you anywhere. Anywhere. <laughs> I know friends of mine that are uh, missionaries and some of the most remote, you'd call them third world places, they live much better than most folks in the States. Well, I don't. Well, you can. <laughs> Wherever you're supposed to be, that's your wealthy place. Right? And it might not be the most affluent place economically, but, you know, all you need is where you are <laughs> and what you're doing. And he said, she said she wouldn't go. So I just, I never went. And he said, we've been sick basically our whole married life. We've had problems one after another. We've, uh, our finances have been a mess. And, and he said, I know, we just, I haven't obeyed God. And now they're older and most of their time had passed. That's sad. I said, that's sad. Life is short. How many think we better do what we're supposed to do? We better, if we've got a call on our life. And how many know that God is not the thief? He's not going to hurt you. He's not going to take from you. If this is what you're supposed to do, it's going to be the best place in the world for you. You're going to be the happiest. You're going to be the most blessed. You're going to be the most prosperous, the most healthy, the most healed. Right? 
It might be a dark corner of the earth in many ways, but where you are can be light. So you've got to be honest. If you see it, you've got to admit that you see it. Acknowledge it. John 7, go to this in closing, I think. John 7. How can you have eyes that see? How can you have ears that hear? The condition of your heart affects that. And what is one big condition? Honest. If you see it, admit that you see it. John 7 where we're going. I, I shared this earlier. It will bear repetition. Some years ago, I was teaching at Ramah, Brother Kenneth Hagin's ministry, Busy, busy throughout the week, speaking 20 times a week sometimes and more. And once in a while I'd get to praying about the future and the vision and it'd come up in my heart to go out on weekends to other states and other places and have healing meetings. Well, I didn't really want to do that. I mean, I'm busy <laughs> up to my eyes, you know, and, and, and weekend is kickback time. Rest and goof off. So, and there were some other areas I kept trying to pray about and couldn't get any direction. And months were going by and I couldn't get clear, couldn't get direction on this. Well, I did what I was talking to you about. You know, about this going out on weekends and having healing meetings. I thought, where'd that come from? <laughs> we don't know where that came from. Because, because if I say that's God, what do I have to do? I've got to do it. So if I say, we don't know what that is. That's just a thought. And I tried to ignore it. Well, months went by. I'm sitting in the chair at our house in the evening by myself. And, I, and it came up in me again about going out and doing that. And I realized that's the Lord. That is the Lord. I know the Lord. That's the same spirit who directed me into the ministry and who's led me and gives me utterance to speak all the time. What am I carrying on acting like I don't know who that is? What are you hollering about laughing about? You, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and I laid my little book down. I said, Lord, forgive me. Forgive me. That's you. I know it's you. And if you want me to do that, I trust you. Then it would be the best thing I've done. Yes, if you'll help me, if you'll strengthen me, yes, I'll do it. And just like that, I don't mean to heard an audible voice, but inside me, he said, now I'm going to speak to you about this. This other area I'd been seeking him for months about, I didn't realize my unwillingness in this area was keeping me from seeing things in this other area. The least bit of dishonesty will keep you from seeing and hearing. The least bit of unwillingness, which is the part we're getting to right now. That's the next part. John 7. John 7 and 17. Well, verse 15. The Jews marveled, John seven fifteen, and said, How knows this man letters, having never learned? How does Jesus speak like this? Jesus said, My doctrine's not mine but his that sent me. Now get this in verse 17. If any man wills to do his will, he shall know of the doctrine whether he be of God or whether I speak of myself. Listen to the, uh, the NIV on this. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether the teaching comes from God or whether I speak of myself. The Amplified says, If any man desires to do his will, God's pleasure, he will know he will have the needed illumination to recognize and can tell for himself whether the teaching is from God or whether I'm speaking from myself. How many times have you heard people talking about, well, now, is that God or is that just me or is that just what they think? How can you tell? So many times the answer is right there in front of people. They're, they've heard it already, they've seen it, and they keep asking, and the Lord keeps saying the same thing, and they can't hear it. Why? Unwillingness will make you dull of hearing and make you where you can't see. Sometimes people say, well, you know, tell me what it is, and, and then I'll see if I'm willing or not. That doesn't work that way. <laughs> You've got to be willing before you know. That's by faith. Thinking of another individual, Brother Hagin told us about uh, this guy. 
come to church, a little small church, they'd have revivals, and he'd backslid and doing all kind of stuff he shouldn't be doing. He'd come to the altar and get back to God. But then he wouldn't be long, he'd backslide again. And this happened over and over again. And uh, somebody asked him one time, well, what's going on? And he said, well, I, I just don't know if the Lord may be calling me to China. He was another guy God was calling to China. And he said, I don't, I don't want to go. And I don't want to, and if I stay away from him, it doesn't come up. <laughs> and it doesn't, doesn't bother me. And, and finally, he went through this for years, in and out, in and out. Come, come back to God, backslide. Come back to God, backslide. And finally, he came and, and just poured his heart on the altar. He said, God, forgive me. I'd, I'm so miserable living in sin. He said, if you want me to go to China, I'll go to China. He said, the Lord spoke to him and said, I don't want you to go to China. <laughs> I just wanted you to be willing to go to China. Now, now think about that. Years of upheaval and turmoil, and why didn't he know? Why couldn't he see? Why couldn't he hear that this wasn't the issue, this wasn't the direction? Because he was unwilling. And as long as you're unwilling, you're not going to know. You're not going to find out. Stand up on your feet, everybody. Do you want to be able to see and hear? Do you want to be able to know what's God and what's not God? What's the right plan? What's the right direction? What's not the right direction? Tell me two things that you've got to be. Huh? You've got to be honest about what you do see and what you don't see, about what you do know. And You may fool some other people, but you can't fool him. He knows your heart. What else have you got to be? You've got to be willing. Do you trust Him? Years ago, just getting started in the ministry, I remember I was out driving one day, sitting at a signal, waiting for the light to turn green. Had a revelation. Powerful revelation. You know what it was? God is smarter than me. <laughs> you might say, Brother Keith, you didn't know that beforehand? Well, yeah, yeah. if you'd asked me, I'd have said that. But it came in a different way. I realized He made me. He knows more than I know what I can do and what I can't. What's right for me and what's not right for me. I, I can will to do His will apart from what I think I want to do. If He says, if I think I want to do this and He says that's not for you, then I can change, I can say, right, you're smarter than me. If you say that's not the best, even if I think it is, you're right, he's smarter than me. If I think, oh, I don't want to do that, that's not me, that's not my thing, and he says, do that, that's what I want you to do, I can go, right, now that you say it, somebody say, he's smarter than me. Close your eyes and say, Lord, I will to do your will. Forgive me. For running from you. Holding back. Being unwilling. You're not going to hurt me. You're not going to lead me to do something bad. Something that's wrong for me. If it's your will, it's the best for me. I trust you.